0: Sorry about that. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Just a friendly reminder for those who are joining us for the first time. um, This platform on Zoom is only for members of the press. If you're a member of the public, please feel free to watch the live stream on um, TV on their YouTube channel. Please remember to keep yourselves on mute and to also keep your um, videos off as well so we don't distract from The rest of the um, remarks and if you have any questions at the end, um, I do want to let everyone know we do have a hard stop at 1130 to be mindful of the director's times. So if you have any questions, please submit them um, to us by chat and we'll receive those questions and try to submit as much as we can um, with the time that we have. So please remember to submit your full name and outlet and um, no more than two questions. Um, and depending on time and the type of question, we might take it offline as well. So thank you all for your patience, and I will um, pass it on to you, Director Colfax.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Grant Colfax, Director of Health for the City and County of San Francisco. Today, I'm going to provide an update on the COVID pandemic in San Francisco, uh, looking at health indicators and other data. Unfortunately, we are experiencing a surge in COVID-19 infections that is affecting our community's health and our reopening plans. As a result, we are forced to continue to pause our reopening plans until conditions improve. We are, we have been, and we are continue to be in a period of uncertainty. And I want to acknowledge that that is a really hard place to be. We all need to continue to do what we know works. We have flattened the curve and we can do it again. But if we do not, the consequences could be dire. In terms of where we stand today, both locally, regionally, and nationally, In San Francisco, we have 4,696 cases diagnosed of COVID-19 and sadly 50 deaths. In the Bay Area region, approximately 37,500 cases and 667 deaths. Across the state, 346,000 cases and over 7,000 deaths. And across the nation, cases cases and deaths continue to rise. 3.4 million cases and nearly 137,000 deaths. The virus is not only still out there, it is out there more than ever before. It continues to spread Locally in our community and throughout the Bay Area region. We are working with researchers um, who are seeing the reproductive rate of the virus continue to climb above one. Right now, we estimate that 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 number is now approximately 1.3. That means that each person who is infected with COVID-19 is passing the virus on transmitting the virus on on average to more than one person. It is key that we get that reproductive number to one or lower. It is key for us to move forward. Now 1.3 doesn't seem that different from one that far from one, but if we do not do better, we are looking at major problems by late August and September with an average peak, an average peak of 900 hospitalized patients by early October. And just to put this in some frame of reference, on our last surge in April, we peaked at 94 cases. This average scenario of 900 cases is nearly 10 times worse. And it is certainly not the worst case scenario that we could have by that time. Models show that we could have thousands of hospitalized cases by then. Today's tracker showed that there are 92 COVID positive patients in San Francisco hospitals. That includes 76 San Francisco residents and 16 transfers. Let's look at the health indicator. Let's look at the health indicators uh, we are using uh, to monitor our COVID-19 response in, in the city. These are available on the San Francisco data tracker, and you can reach them from our department's website. They are scored by color, green, yellow, orange, and red to make it easier to see at a glance where we stand. And there is detailed data available for people who want to dig a little deeper right now the indicators show that we have reason to be concerned. Our cases per 100,000, our case rate has increased to 7.7. That is in the red zone. Our goal is to keep that case rate at around 1.8. We are red. In terms of our hospital system, The rate of COVID-19 infections, which really represents the slope of that curve that we worked so hard and successfully early on to flatten, that rate is now increasing at a 33% rate. That is red, a cause for grave concern. Our goal is to keep that curve increasing by less than 10%. Our other hospital indicators are thankfully still green. That is our capacity to take care of people across our nine hospital systems in the city. Right now we have 27% of our acute care beds available and 28% of our intensive care units available. With regard to testing, our testing indicator is green. We are averaging 2,950 tests a day across the city with our far exceeding our goal of 1,800 tests. Certainly as we are seeing across the region, across the state and nationally, our testing uh, system is experiencing delays in access and getting results, both within our city system and with private providers. Our numbers, however, are high at 22,950 in the green range. With regard to contact tracing, we are at level yellow, reaching 85% of cases and 85% of contacts. We expect that that indicator to turn orange this week, due to delayed test result reporting and our increases in casing in, in in cases the contact tracing team is working hard to catch up and we will continue to expand staffing of that program in terms of our personal protective equipment or ppe we are on level orange with 78% of the health department having a 30 de, 30 day supply of ppe I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Across the health department, we have a our, our PPE supply is 78%. Our goal is 100%. We are experiencing some issues in terms of obtaining PPE, likely due to the increased national demand for PPE supplies. San Francisco is not alone in these challenges. Across California, the virus is spreading in dang- at dangerous levels with new cases and hospitalizations on the rise. This week, the state announced a complete rollback of some reopening activities with additional restrictions for counties on the state's watch list. Approximately 30 counties are on the monitoring list as, as of today, including several in the Bay Area. And we know that the Bay Area region is an interdependent region where people live, work and play across many counties. And we also know that COVID-19 knows no county lines. If any county in the region is in trouble, we are all in trouble. That's why a regional approach has been key ever since this pandemic started. And we continue to be in very close touch with Bay Area health officers across the region, sharing data and solutions to keep all of our communities as safe as possible. And it is certainly possible that if our conditions do not improve, a rollback may be necessary in San Francisco and other parts of the Bay Area as well whether that's a rollback through local action or through uh, state determined watch list actions remains to be determined. But this is a tool that we can continue to use to improve the situation if other interventions are not working. We have always known that this is a possibility given the unprecedented and uncertain situations we continue to face. Now, no one wants to be in the situation we're in. And as we look at the rising cases, many of them are because people have started to gather with friends and family and others to socialize. And I realize how hard these months have been for us and the sacrifices all of us have made. These visits are really hard to resist, but, The truth is that they are spreading COVID. Those birthday parties, the visits with grandparents or parents, cousins, the barbecues, they are contributing to a delay or rollback in reopening of businesses or even the first day of school. Another key behavior that we all need to do is to cover our faces indoors and outdoors when people are, are around you who are not part of your immediate household. This is critical. Research shows that masking significant, significantly lowers the rate of transmission. 80% of people wear them. Adherence to facial coverings and masking is so key. One cannot tell by looking at someone if someone has COVID-19. We know that many people are asymptomatic at some stage of their disease and they can transmit when they're asymptomatic. Being safe, wearing facial coverings, social distancing and using good hygiene is key to our success. The simple act of wearing a mask will slow the spread of the virus and could lead to lifting shelter-in-place restrictions. For those who are wearing masks, I thank you and you are truly saving lives. For those who are not taking precautions, you are not helping. And the situation is becoming more serious every day. So please wear a mask, do not gather, Stay six feet apart and wash your hands. These basic acts can make and will make a huge difference. If we do this together, we have flattened. We even crushed the curve before that curve is now escalating and we all need to do better. Until then, our reopening is on pause. We are not able to continue to open up additional businesses, such as personal services, indoor museums, aquariums, outdoor swimming pools, indoor dining, outdoors bars without food, real estate open houses, and other activities that encourage people to gather and make it harder to wear masks and social distance. While it is hard to slow down the reopening that we all want so badly, the price we pay for moving too quickly is very high. Remember, this virus has no timeline. That is why it is up to us. And now is the time. Despite those very serious numbers that I reported to you in terms of our hospitalization, we have a window to make a difference. We can still drive that number to one or lower that reproductive number by those interventions I just went through. We have a window to do this. It will make a huge difference in our hospitalization rates and the number of lives saved. We have shown that we can join together to make a difference and we need to do it again. Truly the power is in our hands. And even in these uncertain times, we know for certainty, what are the right steps that we need to take We can have a thriving city with a healthy population and a renewed economy if we work together. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Dr. Colfax. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Colfax, in case anyone can hear me. Um, This should be better. The first question, and um, I do just want I want to say to everyone joining us today that we did receive a number of questions and we're going to take them in the order that they were received. Um, And any others that we can't take in time, we'll simply take offline. Thank you for your patience. Dr. Colfax, the first question is from Christian Captain with KTVU. Can you please explain the role schools could play in the COVID-19 infection rate? Um, The school district announced that students will be distance learning when school resumes August seventeenth, there has been a lot of talk on the federal and local level about getting kids back on campus. What will it take to get San Francisco kids back in class?
1: So, one thing it will take is for us to um, be uh, confident that we can reopen schools safely for the um, for those buildings to reopen, and certainly um, we are going to need to see a decrease in that reproductive rate and continue to follow the data and science to ensure uh, that uh, the, the uh, support systems are in place, that, that people are able to physically distance, that people most vulnerable to the virus are protected uh, in those settings. Uh, we issued school guidance uh, last week, which really emphasizes the need uh, to have uh, uh, safety, pr- safety protocols in place and followed. Uh, using the best evidence we have in terms of transmission, uh, so we will make a decision about whether uh, it is it is safe to reopen those physical spaces, um, depending on uh, where we stand with with the the virus and with our surge in the city uh, when the
0: time comes. Thank you, Doctor. From Aaron Alday with the San Francisco clinical the governor issued new orders this week to try to wrestle the California surge back under control. THE ORDER INCLUDES STATEWIDE CLOSURES OF BARS, INDOOR DINING, AND OTHER ACTIVITIES. BUT THOSE WEREN'T HAPPENING IN SAN FRANCISCO ANYWAY. WHAT PLACES OR EVENTS ARE CURRENTLY THE MAIN SOURCES OF INFECTION IN SAN FRANCISCO AND HOW ARE YOU ADDRESSING THOSE SOURCES?
1: YEAH, SO um, WE THINK IT'S A COMBINATION OF of FACTORS THAT ARE INCREASING uh, THE NUMBER OF CASES IN THE CITY. Um, one is we think that there are uh, clearly uh, inc- there's increased activity in terms of the social gatherings uh, that people um, are having. Um, and and we really need to ensure that people are taking the precautions and not making those visits, not having those birthday parties, not having those barbecues, uh, moving forward as much as possible. So really focusing on the prevention educa- and education, uh, neighborhood by neighborhood, street by street is going to be so critical. And uh, we are reinforcing our work with community partners in ensuring that they're community champions to ensure that people have the resources and the knowledge they need uh, to to be safer. Uh, The other um, key components of this um, uh, are are that we we continue to see infections among among essential workers. Um, And and we think that may be due to certain um, workplace conditions where safety precautions are not being followed. Uh, so we will be looking at that and enforcing, uh, increasing our oversight and enforcement of the required precautions, uh, per, per, uh, for the health orders that have been established. And we're also going to be looking at uh, our our existing businesses um, and aligning uh, potentially with the state in terms of some of the activities uh, that we may need to roll back. We're taking a look at the data right now to see uh, what's what's, uh, potentially on the table for that. And uh, then I would also add that we have known since the beginning of, of the epidemic that crowded conditions um, promote the spread of the virus. So, really, again, uh, working with community members in uh, situations where they're multi generational households to ensure that people are getting tested and people are taking the precautions that they need to protect themselves as well as their family members.
0: Thank you, Doctor. From Eve Beatty with Eater SF Is the country considering a closure of outdoor dining and reverting to takeout only? as a way to reduce gatherings. Are there any plans to begin to cite businesses or citizens for health order violations as officials have ordered in Napa and Yolo counties? So
1: again, we're taking, it. one thing that's that's clear from the data is that indoor activities are um, riskier than outdoor activities um, overall. So we know that the virus uh, spreads more easily, more uh, quickly in, in the indoors and outdoors. Uh, we are we're taking a look to determine whether uh this increase in cases is is uh driven by some of the um, outdoor dining and 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 outdoor dining. Uh but we really think again this is more due to the the uh non-adherence of some of the uh of the businesses rather than uh the the uh the risk that's taken the, the relatively smaller risk that's there if uh, proper precautions are taken. So, you know, if you're outdoors and dining um, and drinking and not um, adhering to the masking and social distancing rules, then of course transmission um, is, is is at a higher risk. So, we're taking a look at that, and again, um, uh, looking at increasing enforcements enforcement of businesses and institutions. Uh, but we're also going to be careful not to be. Um, uh, Uh, focusing on on individual enforcement, enforcement of individuals, but really looking at uh, the potential enforcement, again, of of institutions and businesses that may not be complying. And before we do the enforcement, doing a lot of education and support, right? So if businesses, um, and others, especially small businesses are not able to necessarily uh, comply at baseline, what can they do to improve um, their their compliance and support uh, their workers to be more safe during this really challenging time?
0: Thank you. With from Amy graph. Um, Doctor, are you ordering residents to stop gathering outside with masks if groups are keeping to under 10 or 12 people?
1: So at this time um, we are encouraging people uh, to minimize gatherings as as much as possible to wear a mask um, if you're um, in, in close contact uh, with others and to socially distance whenever possible um, and certainly um, if if people do gather in these small groups that they gather um outside is 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 much much safer um, so those are the key uh, components to to this right now and we know that there's a lot of uh, need to improve that 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 um that that adherence to the facial coverings, uh, the social distancing. I mean, I think we know and, and we've seen, uh, particularly when people know each other, they're good friends or family members, um, but they're not members of the immediate household. It's hard to wear a mask. It's hard to keep socially distanced. We, we want to hug people, we want to engage. We don't want to think that a loved one um, who's not part of our immediate household or a good friend may be infected with COVID-19, um, which is why we really need to get these messages out and support uh, the communities most affected uh, by, by, the, by COVID-19 to drop this, this reproductive rate below, below one.
0: Thank you. Abby Sterling with KPIX. How will the current situation affect the decision to reopen indoor pools for summer camp?
1: So we have put in a, a pause on any additional reopenings, and that would also uh, include uh, outdoor pools at this time.
0: Thank you. And from Mallory Moench with the San Francisco Chronicle What surge sites are ready to be set up? how many beds could they add if the hospital system reaches capacity and when will that be done?
1: So right now um, we have uh, adequate hospital capacity um, per our indicators. Um, and again, you can go to our website and, uh, and uh, see that, that capacity across our nine hospital systems. And we are in the process um, as we've been uh, for a number of weeks preparing for a greater surge but I really want to be clear here. We all need to do our part so that we don't get to that point. Um, we've seen when this virus overwhelms healthcare systems, such as in New York City, um, as it's now doing in Arizona, Arizona, Florida, and the southern part of this state, um, the outcomes are poor. They're much poorer. Um, and while we've had, um, you know, fifty people die in San Francisco of COVID nineteen, and that, um, that is, that is. Too many, one death is any too many. Our death rate has been significantly lower than other regions. We need to bend the curve again, not overwhelm our healthcare systems uh,
0: in order to move forward. Thank you, doctor. How will the city enforce the latest orders? I'm sorry, I missed the first part of the question. Last question from San Francisco Chronicle. How will the city enforce the latest orders?
1: Yes, so um, we are working across um, the city to um, uh, strengthen our enforcement uh, capacity. Um, And that will be a combination of work across different city departments and agencies, including uh, the health department and and the city attorney. But if people see um, uh, uh, violations of the health order in businesses, Um, they should uh, call 311 and make a report and we will send people out to investigate.
0: Thank you, Dr. Colfax. This concludes today's press conference. Um, For all of us joining us here today, we did receive a number of questions and so we took the questions in order of the um, number that they were received and all other questions will be taken offline in the interest of time. But thank you, doctor, for joining us today. Thank you.